Psalm 34 and verse 1. Psalm 34. The heading says, A Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. I will bless the Lord. Why don't y'all read this with me? Let's read it together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions do lack, suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I will bless the Lord at all times. My subject is, let's bless the Lord. Would you tell two people, let's bless the Lord. Come on, put it in action already. Let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. The writer of this psalm attributes it to David, who are the heading of the psalm attributes the psalm to David, who wrote this psalm. The period of the date of the psalm was during a stage of David's flight from Saul, who was trying to kill him. The title refers to events which took place in 1 Samuel chapter 21. David in 1 Samuel chapter 21 came to the priest of Ahimelech who gave him bread and a sword and helped him along the way. But while he was there, David noticed that he had been seen by one of King Saul's servants, a man by the name of Doeg. Therefore, he knew that Doeg was going to tell Saul of his location, and he left that place in haste, went into the land of the Philistines to Ashish, who was the king of Gath. Ashish, whose title was Abimelech, was frightened and suspicious and envious of David. For his servants told him, this is the one in 1 Samuel 21 and 11, who is the king of the land and who killed his ten thousands and who was a mighty warrior and 
When David heard that they had learned of his identity, he knew that Ashish, this Philistine king, would probably attempt to take his life. So David had to do a very distasteful and humiliating thing. He had to pretend that he was insane. He had to pretend that he had lost his mind and thus was no danger to anybody. In 1 Samuel 21, 13, the Bible says he changed his behavior before them and pretended himself mad in their hands. He scrabbled and made marks on the gate and let saliva dribble down on his beard. That Philistine king, Ashash, decided because of this mad behavior that David was involved in, that David was no threat to him, that David was no danger, but he expelled David from his kingdom and had him driven away. It's humiliating to have people think that you've lost your mind. It's humiliating for people to think that you are crazy. But humiliation is not always a harmful thing because God can't deal aright with folk who are proud and haughty and lifted up in their spirits. So sometimes he has to humble us and cause us to think less of ourselves and more of God. God could have just put David on the throne. He could have just allowed David to ascend without all these problems and all of these trials. But David probably was not ready for the throne. And he had to go through something else that would prepare him to sit on the throne of Israel. God chose to take him into the blacksmith's shop and let the fire of refinement and have him placed on the anvil of experience and the hammer of sorrow and the sorrow and experience and refinement and fire helped to humble David and cause David to have a more realistic attitude. And we too sometimes have to go into the blacksmith shop. If you want a rock, you can't get a rock overnight. It takes time to get a rock. It takes heat to get a rock. It takes moisture to get a rock. And as I've said, it takes time. And sometimes when God is sending us through a long involvement and long experience of trouble, and when God has turned the heat up and the fire is burning and we are agonized in the fire, we want to know, God, what are you doing to us? God says, I'm just making a rock. I'm just, everything valuable that God makes takes time and intensity. Gold, hard, steel. And God said, if David, you're going to be a steel man for me, then I've got to send you through something. And God has to send us through something to help us to become what we should be. You need to know that in my experience, it's been my rough experiences that made me better and stronger, not the enjoyable easy things that have come my way but when I thought it was all over and that I was through and God brought me out, that agony and trial helped to make me all that I am. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness in the place? 
So David came out of that trial not depressed about his humiliation, but rather glad about what God had done for him and how God had blessed him to escape. Listen, if you don't have a problem, you don't need a miracle. But God sometimes waits until we have a problem so his great glory can be known and manifest. And I just would call upon you today, my brother, my sister, if you've got a problem, if there's a, some kind of trouble or distress in your life, just give God a chance to bring you out and give you a testimony. No testimony without a test. Anybody going through a test today? Well, that God's going to take that test and make that test a testimony. And so David expresses himself in Psalm 34. We're going to look at this psalm, but we're going to start with verse 4 through verse 10, and then we're going to return and deal with verse 1 through verse 3. And I'm just going to do some old-fashioned preaching and teaching on today, and we're going to do some read-on preaching today. In verse 4, David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. David used an unusual strategy. He didn't focus on his problems and on his difficulty and on his challenges. He focused on his God. And the strategy of the believer is strange indeed because the believer seeks God in everything. People in the world go directly and look at their problems and try to resolve their difficulties and try to resolve the challenges that come upon them. But the believer lets the problems be here and he looks up to his God and says, God, you know how to deal with this. I'm just going to call on you. I'm not going to work on that. I'm going to work on getting close to you, getting your power and your might to work in my life, increasing my faith, depending on you with all my might. And I know if I get close to you, you'll work things out all right. And I just came to tell you today, neighbor, if you seek the Lord and call on God, God will work on your behalf. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. David did not ask God to do everything, but David would not do anything without God. And child of God, don't you ask God to do everything, but don't you do anything without God there to help you and to lift you. I sought the Lord. Now to seek God is to turn to God. To seek God is to ask God's favor. To seek God is to ask God's help. And the focus of your being must be on the Lord. The Bible says, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open unto you. And the Lord said, you shall seek me and find me when you have sought with me with all your heart and all of your strength. This is why we have intense church around West Angeles. We don't let you come here and sit, cross your legs, fold your arms, then walk out the door and go your way. What you need is urgent. What we face is difficult. And if God does not step in and help us, we will not ever be able to make it. And so you ought to call on the Lord with all your heart and with all your might and with all your strength. Blessed are they that do hunger 
and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are there any hungry people? Are there any thirsty people in the house? Sometimes the Lord waits until you really get hungry and thirsty for him. And listen, it's according to your values, what you consider important, what you consider valuable. That's what you began to reach for and hunger for. It's not that you're just so desperate for it, but even when you don't feel desperate for it, you know what to do to be desperate because the Lord does not work unless somebody gets desperate and hungry for him. This is why we have you to praise him and magnify him and clap your hands and stand up and sing and do all those things because the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And the more you praise him, the more God will do in your life and in your heart. I called upon the Lord and he heard me. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I called on the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Now, what did God do? He worked for me by dealing with the situation that I was afraid of. Sometimes God just walks in and straightens it out and straightens folk out and straightens your enemies out and gets in that situation that you were so concerned about and your bills get paid and you get a job and you come through it on the other side and God has worked for you by dealing with your situation. But sometimes God does not deal with the situation. He deals with you. And because he deals with you and makes you strong and gives you courage, they that wait upon the Lord shall Renew their strength, mount up on wings as eagles, run, not be weary, walk and not faint. God does those things in your life and you find yourself looking down on your problem and looking up and praising your God. Hallelujah. If God is in it, if God is available to you, then the problem is resolved. The problem is dealt with. It might still be there in your face, but if God is in your life, God gives you strength to deal with it. Come on, tell your neighbor you can deal with it. Prime Minister Winston Churchill said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I would tell you people, look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Fear will disable you. Fear will incapacitate you. Fear will distract you. Fear contradicts faith. And where there is faith, there will be no fear. Some people love to worry, and they say, listen, I'm worried about that. I'm afraid of that. Uh, that hurt me. I, I'm, 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 I'm so upset about that. But listen, don't you let stuff upset you. Don't you let stuff disable you, because when you get afraid and when you walk in fear, you're incapacitated. You're not able really to deal with the situation or to deal with the problem. When I was called to preach 92,000 years ago, I took pride in my fear. Every time I got before an audience, I, I, I was afraid. And I, I, once I was scheduled to preach in, in Tennessee and uh, on my way to the convention, I almost drove to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. I was so afraid. But I made it through that and I made it through every other time of preaching, every other time of sharing. But God let me know now what's, what's going to happen if you just flat out mess up. 
If you mess up, they're not going to kill you. If you mess up, they're not going to shoot you. If you mess up, it's not the last time you'll be preaching. And you are messing me up, son, because I'm blessing you to preach, and you're so afraid you can't even get the message out. You can't even proclaim the message. So I just decided I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to fight fear. I'm going to fight nervousness. I'm going to fight anything that might incapacitate me in serving the Lord and doing the will of the Lord. And I would just say the same thing to you, my brother, my sister. If you have faith, don't have fear. If you're going to pray about it, don't worry about it. If you're going to turn it over to the Lord, turn it over to the Lord, and he will work it out. I'm a witness. Can I get a witness in the house? And so just determine that you're going to be an enemy of fear and that you're not going to let fear dominate your life because God, who wants you to be fulfilled and at peace and at rest in him, cannot work in your life if you are afraid. How many are going to help me in your life by not fearing and not worrying, not letting the devil drive you into fear? They looked, verse 5, to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This implies to me the kind of atmosphere where an individual comes out into the sun and wants the full light of the sun to shine down upon him and warm him and radiate him. And so he looks to the Lord. When we look to the Lord, the Lord does that same thing. When we look to him, the Lord's radiation comes down upon us. The photographer tells you if you can't see the camera, the camera can't see you. And child of God, if you look to the Lord and expose yourself to God and to God's radiance and God's power, God will work in your life in such a way that you'll rise above anything you've ever had to rise above before. If you do that, God will take you higher than you've ever been before. What great things hang on little things. Faith is just a look, yet faith brings life and pardon and salvation. It's just a look, but it helps you and blesses you. Not only are you looking toward something, something is coming toward you. For the Bible says in Psalm 25 and 15, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Get the picture. Here's a man caught in the net, but his eyes are toward the Lord. He's defenseless. He can't move. He's entangled. But he said, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, and he shall pluck my feet out of the net. All I did was look, but God delivered me and brought me through and brought me out. Come on, praise God. Come on, praise God. Let's go to verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his trouble. Now, this is an illustration of the personal testimony of verse 5, where he says, I called on the Lord, and I looked to the Lord, and he, was, he brought radiation and light into my life. But this poor man, either he had been poor or he was still poor, he was reduced to making it on almost nothing and striving to get by. But he cried, and the Lord heard him, and the Lord delivered him out 
of his fears. There was a man who was reduced to digging through garbage cans and trash cans in the alley. Just barely getting by, barely making it. But somebody heard the man singing. They said, how can this man sing with so much trouble and with so little value and money and good things in his life? How is he singing and what is he singing? And they drew near a little closer to the man and they heard him singing, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? But Jesus is my portion. My constant friend is he. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Listen, be not dismayed, whatever betide. God will take care of you. So the psalmist said, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. You may have brought some trouble to church today. You may have brought some agony, some concern to church today, but I want you to know the Lord is able to deliver you out of all of your trouble. Listen, what you want from God, begin to thank God for it now. What you desire from God, begin to praise God for doing it right now. And when you praise God, your faith will activate God. God will come into action in your life. Is there anybody who knows God will come into action? in your life. Hallelujah. He cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his distress. Hallelujah. Then I love verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Hallelujah. I just thought I'd let you know you've got angels all around you. Come on, tell somebody I've got angels all around me. Come on, tap your hand. Angels to protect me. Angels to guide me. Angels to direct me. Angels to give me strength. You've got angels all around you. You can walk in faith. Walk in the power of Almighty God. Sometime you're going to pick up this scripture. You might not feel like you need it right now but you're going to get into trouble. You're going to have a challenge and you're going to open your word and go to Psalm 34 and the Lord's going to speak to your heart and you're going to overcome by the power of God. Listen, if you've got angels around you, nothing can get through to you that God does not allow to get through to you. Hallelujah. Nothing can hold you down. Nothing can hold you any longer than God permits it to hold you. And when God gets ready, you'll walk out in freedom and in power. There might be problems, but my Bible says all things. Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. If you love the Lord and you are called according to God's purpose, everything is working out for your good. Come on, tell your neighbor everything is working out. All things are working together. You are never alone as long as you've got God. As long as you put your trust and your confidence in God, you've got the Father, you've got the Son, you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the holy angels gathered all around you. Oh, my child of God, you've got so much to praise God for, so much to thank God for, so much to glorify God. 
Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. I know y'all are tired of this, but let me work with it a little bit longer. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Listen, if God can just get you to take a taste of what he is and what he is like. Years ago, I made some chocolate pudding and Kim was coming through the kitchen. I said, come here, Kim, and try this. I want you to try it. She'd never had chocolate pudding before. She said, no, Daddy, I don't want it. I don't want it. No, Daddy. I said, come here, girl, and taste this pudding. I made her taste it and walked away. And she followed me all over the house. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. A taste changed her world, changed her mind. Something that she thought she couldn't deal with, she really enjoyed just because she tasted it. I dare you to get a taste of God, of God's power, of God's anointing. Some of you are lingering around on the fringes. You're on the background and on the sidelines. You have not really plunged in and dove into this that God would do in your life. But if you plunge in, God will bless you so much, you'll get a taste and you'll be following him for the rest of your life, reaching out for the more of God. Sweeter, sweeter as the days roll by. Richer, fuller, deeper. Jesus' love is sweeter, sweeter as the days roll by. You've tried the rest, now try the best. Then the Bible says, happy is the man who trusts in God. Hallelujah. Happy is the man that trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Listen, when you trust in God, God knows how to make you happy. God knows how to make you fulfilled. God knows how to bless you. God knows how to take care of you. Oh, yes, he does. And if you trust him, God will bring you happiness. God will bring you fulfillment. God will bring you satisfaction. But I'm going on a little further. Oh, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For there is no want to those that fear him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And you know, with God, you don't always even have to tell him what you want. All you have to do is just trust him. He'll provide for your needs, and he'll provide for your wants, and he'll bless you in a special way. Verse 10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I'm a wildlife movie enthusiast. I like to look at lions, wildebeest, zebras, all the animals of the wilderness, but I'm especially interested in lions, because lions, with all their strength, with all their might, though they are called the king of the jungle, sometimes are in desperate need and desperate conditions. If the rain doesn't fall, and if the crops don't, the, the vegetation does not grow, and if the wildlife begins to die off, the lions are dying just like every other form of wildlife that might be in the jungle. And I've seen uh, young lions so ferocious within 
famine comes and a dry period comes and those lines that seem to be so strong and so vital are dying and searching for water and seeking for prey and being deprived in a very special way. And the psalmist said, I've seen lions deprived. I've seen them suffer. I've seen them go without, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. If you seek God, God will make a way. If you seek God, God will provide for you. If you seek God, God will bless you. If you seek God, God will turn your life around. But I promised you that I was gonna go back to verse one when we got through with verse 10. And so turn to one with me. And let's look and see what verse one has to say. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just in the good time, but I'm gonna bless him at all times. Even in the bad times, I'm gonna bless the Lord. Do we have any hallelujah anyhow people in the house today? Hallelujah. Anyhow, never let your problem get you down. When misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say, hallelujah. Can I hear the church say hallelujah? Anyhow, somebody ought to praise him because you know what God has done for you. Verse two, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. That means he had to make some noise because the humble heard him boasting in God. He did not keep it a secret. He was not silent about it. He did not care who heard him. He just said, I'm going to boast in the Lord. And sometimes you just ought to boast about your God. My God is mighty. My God is loving. My God is powerful. My God is wise. My God will bring you out. My God will bring you through. My God has the silver and the gold that belongs to him. My God is everywhere. My God owns everything. I must boast because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask and above all I think would you help me praise God hallelujah hallelujah his praise his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make its boast in the Lord the humble shall hear of it and be glad somebody's dependent upon your praise Somebody's dependent upon your prayer. If they can just hear you pray, then they can get enough confidence to go through and to hold on unto the Lord. But if you don't encourage them, they may be lost. But let somebody hear you. Praise the Lord. Let somebody hear you. Magnify the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. And then he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. 
And let us exalt his name together. Tell three people, let's praise the Lord. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him because he's a way maker. Praise him because he brought you out. Praise him because he brought you over. I will bless the Lord at all times. Good time, bad time, high time, low time, hallelujah. Anyhow, never let your problem get you down. When misfortune comes your way, lift your hand to God and say, hallelujah. so good. Hallelujah. You are my God. Hallelujah. You heal my body. Hallelujah. You open shed doors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up and praise him. Yada, so go. Hallelujah. <laughs> 